പോളണ്ടിൽ എന്ത് സംഭവിച്ചു പോളണ്ടിനെ പറ്റി നീ ഒരക്ഷരം മിണ്ടരുത് Hi Harsha, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm good and I'm and I'm ready to deal with our last segment on action films. Yeah, possibly last segment because we did discuss about doing some girls doing action. We are doing the new generation movies. So basically all of these are pretty much after 2008. they feature the newest generation of superstars in in our Malayalam film industry so you want to start off with Pudiyamukam yes probably the oldest of this well this is a prithviraj star and it is about a musician who is they make a big point of emphasizing that he is a brahmin musician he's a tamil brahmin musician and he's kind of this very soft sort of dude and he goes to the big city in kochi to go to college and he's basically ragged you know hazed by some of the students who are there in the college already because Tamil Brahmins are supposed to have this very soft image and so Prithviraj character kind of has that image and he's like a musician he's a man of peace and so they pick on him and the, the fact that he keeps getting picked on he gets physically assaulted by these people and he has to change into this action hero to get back at the people who were ragging him and causing problems for his family. Well, and specifically he's had some kind of childhood trauma. His brother was killed in a bus accident. And what does the doctor call it? Something like flashback syndrome? Flashback phenomenon. I'm reading. <laughs> I'd also don't remember. <laughs> yeah. But it's but it's any time that he's in a stressful situation, a violent situation like this, he this violent side may come out. And that's sort of like the the name of the film is what like new face or new persona. So the really nice quiet dude has to take on this tough persona to deal with what's going on at his college. Yeah, for me this movie is most notable because it's what made Prithviraj a superstar I think yeah. in in the Malayalam film industry. It did bonkers business and this also stars probably you know I think one of the pairs that Prithviraj is probably more Uh, popularly known for Prithviraj and Priyamani did a lot of movies together at the beginning of his career. I think some of the draw of like a masala movie like this is that he gets to play this quiet boy next door and then like he gets to play this action star and you know you get the full range of your preferred star's talent. And I think this movie was set you know because this movie came out in 2009 this was at a time when Telugu movies especially you know with Alu Arjun and Mahesh Babu were really doing good business in Kerala and you know Malayalam movies of the 2000s we've said it many times weren't that great and people weren't excited to go into the theaters they kind of had the veneer of being family movies but mostly they were movies that had you know sort of lower level of humor that maybe women weren't as interested in and so i think this movie came out at a time where 
Telugu movies were doing really good business in Kerala, and this was kind of a Malayalam movie trying to do the Telugu movie masala aspect. And you kind of see that Hindi movies at this time, you know, with Dabang and Wanted and all those movies that Salman Khan was making, they were also trying to emulate Telugu movies as well. So this was a time when everybody was kind of trying to do their Telugu movie. Yeah, and we and we've commented on that before too. That this is the place where Malayalam cinema gets closest to the other South industries, is in this big, massy action film. Yeah, I remember in the interviews of Prithviraj from that time, him actually, you know, name checking Alu Arjun and saying that, yeah, you know, this is what I'm trying to do in this movie, and I think it had the benefit of Prithviraj putting on a ton of muscle, and he got to do his clean shaven good boy for the ladies who like that, and then he got to do the badass. And I think I I get the sense from this movie that, despite the fact that this is a masala movie, and you know, typically we don't think of action movies as for women, I really feel like in the, this era of Prithviraj. Pudyamukham, Tandoni, there are specific appeals to like a female gaze that we didn't get in a lot of the movies of the 2000s. And certainly we haven't seen, you and me haven't seen in our little series for action movies since Jane. I would agree with you. I shared one of the songs with one of my back channel Twitter groups. And it's the one where he and Priyamani are somewhere in the Middle East and they're riding motorcycles and she's like grabbing his chest. Yes. I, I, I kind of went, whoa, because <laughs> we don't we don't see that a lot. We see a lot of the women who need to be rescued. The women are very much kind of an object for the hero and the villain to fight over but she doesn't get much in the way of agency or personality. And at least with Anjana, yeah. Priyamani's character, I mean, she's supposed to be engaged to Sudhi, the, the villain in this piece, arranged by her family, specifically her father, who is a police officer, who kind of protects Sudhi and his older brothers who were involved in the land mafia. But she agrees to the engagement, but she says, I want four years to go to school. And she says to Sudhi, I'm going to behave however I want at school. I want my freedom. That's kind of interesting, too. It's, it's a bit of a plot device because then, yeah. she, <laughs> then she gets to have feelings for Prithviraj. She does have a certain amount of agency. I guess even in a lot of masala movies, we don't see women with a ton of agency. You know, some in this series, we've kind of gone over a lot of movies where women and girls agencies are specifically taken away. So that is that is refreshing to see. Yeah. And I don't mean it to say go out and watch the film and expect female empowerment because that's not, it's not. the case. here. It's, it's, a, it's a little step in a good direction. And I will say, the, the, you know, the, the villain they cast in this movie, Bala, is also considered an attractive person, in, at least at, around that time. He was considered someone women liked watching. He was like a Tamil actor who married a Malayali. I, I remember people referring to him as Kerala's son-in-law and stuff like that. So he had kind of that image of being a bad guy that girls like watching as well. Right at the beginning of the film, there's a song where Prithviraj is playing the drums, traditional and, you know, modern Western drums. And the whole song is going on and I'm looking at it and it's Bala dancing with Priyamani. And he looks happy and cheerful and non-villain. And I was like, wait, the song though is her saying, like, I'm going to 
as I said earlier, it's, it's another emphasis on, on I'm going to have my freedom. This is what I'm going to do now, even if I'm dancing with you. Yeah. And I think uh, the other thing that stands out in this movie is Guinness Patru, who Ajay Kumar is, I guess, the name he prefers now. He is a little actor and he's a little person and he's an actor. And he, he did a couple of movies with Prithviraj around this time. And I can't say I'm like 100% comfortable with his role in this. He kind of plays the comedy uncle in this movie. And, you know, the comedy uncle is, we've discussed before, it's laced with a certain amount of classism, casteism. And I think him being a person with a disability kind of adds on to the comedy uncle aspect of it in this movie. And that's kind of what you get with Masala movies. Well, and he did a lot in this period. He was doing in Tamil films as well, very similar kinds of roles. And I find it, I think this was the first time in an Indian film that I'd seen a little person who had even any kind of more substantial role than anything, even if some of it is comedy uncle. Mm-hmm. He's an actor who always makes me think of another actor that I was exposed to in France, a woman named Mimi Mati, who is a little person who got started doing not really stand-up comedy, but like with two other women that she went to school with, they would do these shows, comedy shows. And eventually she managed her own career into television. And in particular, she had a series created for her called Josephine Ange Gardien, which is um, Guardian Angel. So, you know, the idea was you don't have to be a particular size to be somebody's guardian angel. And I do find it interesting that you have this actor who has a place, at least at this time, yeah, in some ways, you know, the Game of Thrones came out around 2011, I think that's when it came out. And so Peter Dinklage suddenly became this huge star. And he was present in a lot of things at that time. You know, you end up comparing the how Peter Dinklage is used in Game of Thrones as, as an actor who's kind of pushing the story forward versus the kind of side roles that Ajay Kumar, Guinness Bakru, is, is getting in Malayalam cinema. And you do kind of feel like, okay, that maybe that's not the best roles that he could be doing. I know he's directed a movie where he is the lead. I'd love to see him in more substantial roles like Salim Kumar has been able to transition from being a comedy actor to a serious actor. I hope there's more stuff for him. He has been working pretty consistently, though, since the 20-teens. And I wonder if part of the reason we don't see him in more commercial or mainstream movies is because Malayalam cinema is itself, since the 2000s, moved away into, if you can think of it, a more politically correct, less comedy uncle usage so the kind of roles he used to do isn't as prominent in the most popular movies but that doesn't mean that he as an actor can't do more serious roles i agree i agree i hope we can get more roles for him out there because you know he's always on malayalam tv channels and uh, tv shows where you know stars come on and you know they judge a music competition or a dance competition and stuff and he always comes across as, as a very likable kind of guy so yeah, and despite the comedy uncleness of some of his roles, I do I really do find him engaging on screen. So I agree with you. There's an actor I would like to see have more of the chances in our our post 2010 world. One of the things I actually do know him for is that uh, there used to be the show on Kyrie Channel, I think, 
where if you heard of the E! True Hollywood story, he'd pick an old actor and tell us all about the gossip of like their life and stuff. I think he did the voiceovers for those. And I remember my mom used to complain that they were making him voice misogynistic thoughts. And that's the only way he's being allowed to make money in this industry. And it made me really sad. So I hope that there are more roles for him and voiceover work that isn't about voicing misogynistic thoughts about famous women. I agree. I agree. I, and I think if you want to see Prithviraj becoming a superstar, this is a movie that you should check out because, it, yeah, he's it's not the best movie in the world. If you want to watch a masala movie, you, you're probably better off watching a Telugu movie. This is a little bit of a down market version of a Telugu movie, but it is a nice milestone in Prithviraj's career. Yeah, and I kind of kid a little bit that if I want my patriarchy and misogyny served up, it needs a side of, you know, big song and dance numbers that have lots of shiny stuff and glitter. And you're going to get that in the Telugu industry. Yes, yes. And, you know, it helps to have good looking male stars. I think, (laughs) uh, you know, when we were coming from the 90s, male stars weren't really there for the female gaze, you know, I think in the 80s, you know, in the 70s, you t- kind of tried it with Jin. And then um, in the 80s, you definitely had like Rahman and Shankar who had that more appealing to women side, but they weren't doing action movies, obviously. I think at this point, you kind of start seeing Malayalam cinema actually like appealing to a female gaze. And I think I have more to say about this when we talk about style. <laughs> So would you like to go on to style or would you like to do Asuravita first? Yeah, let's do Asuravita since it comes next in the chronological order. It definitely has a connection with Prithviraj and a film we've talked before about, which is Stop Violence. It's by the same director too. Yes. A.K. Sajan, I believe. Yeah. And it's a film from 2012. So here we are slowly moving forward again. And it stars Asif Ali. And this is his first foray into a Massey action role. He plays a character called Don Bosco. And again, a connection with the film we've just discussed because he's a soft-spoken religious. He's in a, in a seminary studying to be a priest and eventually goes up against the gang who killed his father. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. His father is Prithviraj's character who died at the end of Stop Violence. We don't know that really initially, but his film opens with his mother, Angel, played by Lena, leaving him with the priests because she's afraid if she raises him, it's a whole nature versus nurture kind of story. She's afraid that if she raises him, he will become a gangster like his father. She wants him to be raised by the priests so he will have a better chance of becoming a good person. And I think when you talked about stop violence, you also mentioned the Satan and angel <laughs> dichotomy they're setting up. This movie is fully about which parent this young man is going to follow in the path of. But to start off, I did not like this movie at all. <laughs> it was a pain to get through. Yeah. And I don't know if stop violence was in the same way. I, I told you that I watched it when I was much younger. and I didn't know if I could sit through a rape movie. So you have to remind me if this, this extremely forced movie was also how stop violence was. This was almost caricatural as an action film. I want to apologize because this is going to sound worse than it really is. But there were several moments where they, they were hitting all the right sort of action beats and tropes. But they were done so badly that I was laughing. Like, 
just spontaneously because it, it was actually funny, but embarrassing funny. Yes. You know, anytime he was smoking or walking around, his outfits changed uh, from the white seminarian outfits to his black suits. And then suddenly he's smoking and he's drinking. And it happened so quickly after yeah. he finds out who his father was. He gets the kernel of this idea that, you know, the world is unfair and you have to use violence to fight it from being questioned by the police and being tortured by them. But his change in character happened so fast. And it's not, you know, explained in the way in Pudyamukham where, I don't know if this is a real medical condition, but, you know, the flashback phenomena. It's not explained like that. He just becomes a underworld kingpin so fast and has this extremely diverse group of men and women who are his gang members. And they certainly start calling him Bhaiya uh, out of the blue. And one of the characters that he's in the seminary with who joins you know, the, the gang with him is Acid's son from Stop Violence. Very conveniently, yes. Very convenient. Played by Makbul Salman. Oh, Dul- yes. Dulkar's uh, cousin. Mamuti's nephew. And I knew he was in it and I completely sat. I sat down to write notes for all the films and I sat down to sort of write a bit of a summary about this one and I went, huh, it's good versus evil. It really doesn't have that much of a plot. And I read an interview with Asif Ali who, when his film Underground from a couple of years ago, which I haven't seen, but now I'm sort of prompted to go see it. It's another action film. And they asked him, if there was any role he would like to try again. And he said it was this this role from this film. And he said that he, yeah, he jumped at the opportunity to do something that he hadn't done before. Personally, I don't think it's his wheelhouse. No. I don't. But he said he felt bad that he didn't think he was good enough as an actor to do that role when he did it, but he jumped at it anyway because it was something he wanted to try. So I have to admire an actor who will A, say, I really want to try this. I I want to do it. And then have enough, you know, self-reflection to say, maybe I should have not done that or maybe I should have waited. And maybe we should talk a little bit about Asif Ali because one of the things that I've kind of started doing on Twitter is bringing up other actors then. (laughs) Our dear beloved Fossil. And I feel, here I'm going to apologize again. We all love Fahad Fazl. There's nothing wrong with Fahad Fazl. We all should watch his films, every one of them. But there's also a whole bunch of really interesting actors in Malayan cinema who are doing things that Fahad Fazl is maybe not doing. Or, I mean, you know, they're they're forging their own careers. And I think Asif Ali, for me, is one of them. He sort of, he works, he works steadily. He's known but he doesn't seem to be up there with the actors that people will always recommend to you. I think his niche, if there is a niche he has, is something along like Kunjako Logan's where he, but obviously he didn't get that extremely uh, stellar debut that Kunjako Logan had the benefit of, but Asif Ali made his debut with Ridu, which was a very experimental film and, you know, Shama Prasad with uh, Rima Kalingal. So he came into the film industry at a relatively young age and I know people didn't consider him a great actor or anything, but he has been steadily working and I think he's got enough charisma, he's got enough 
interest. You know, obviously he, he hasn't risen to the beloved status that Kunjaka Bowman has because he just doesn't have as many years in the industry. But I think that he's definitely on track to, <laughs> to get to that place. You know, one of the jokes in Astad Hotel at the end when he shows up as a celebrity guest, they ask him if he's Kunjaka Bowman. So, <laughs> so maybe other people in the industry feel that way too. Well, and, and quite honestly, the minute you said it, I had been thinking Kunjaka Bowman. It's a, it's a similar kind of space. And I do appreciate that he takes the chance on quirkier and more experimental things. Like whatever you, whether you like Kilipoi or not, here was an attempt to make a stoner film in the Malayalam industry. And I think he's quite funny in it, you know, within the, within the limits of that genre of that film, you know, he's doing it. What was the one? Um... Honeybee. Oh, Honeybee. Honeybee is fun. Honeybee is fun. It's like throwaway. It's fun. But but he can do those kinds of things. And maybe even if the film is not quite as prestigious, it's a light, fluffy space and he works well in it. Well, one of my favorite Malayalam movies is actually with Asif Ali, Orimuri, with Bhavana. He and Bhavana are really good friends. So they've done a couple of movies together, including Honeybee. And, you know, I, I like their chemistry because it's clear that they're friends and they like each other on screen. <laughs> I wish... You know, he is kind of, all the movies I think of him that I enjoy him from are the, the these smaller movies, Sunday Holiday, where he gets to play extremely boy next door roles, ordinary men. It's good that there's an actor who excels at playing those kind of roles in our in Malayalam film industry. Yeah, and my argument always is there is space for more than one actor. And maybe Asif Ali will, and his films will not be your cup of tea. That's fine. Actually, maybe maybe I will, when we do the show notes for this, maybe I will put in a couple of films that people can go look for if we've intrigued them enough to go and, and, go and watch him. I think you get a great sense of a normal, ordinary... Malayali man or the circumstances of a family in many of his films. I think that's probably the most appealing thing about him. You look at Fahad Fazl's uh, filmography and he's done some of those. He's done Mahesh and the Pradigadam, even though it has a weird <laughs> context. And, you know, Udindian Pranayagada, one of those movies. But I think Asif Ali's movies are chock full of ordinary lives of people in Kerala. You know, the same way as Kunjako. And I think if you just pick any movie from his filmography, you often end up win one of those movies. Not this one, though. No, not this one. This is very bad. Don't watch this one. <laughs> Unless you want to watch it, you know, to understand the context about, about which we are speaking at this moment. <laughs> you know, it is um, in some ways a little bit of a, a good fit in his filmography because with Honeybee, he's done a little bit of these Kochi-centric movies where like, People are talking in Kochi slang, and it's all about the Kochi underworld. Where the, if you are if you are a completionist uh, ever, if anybody ever becomes a awesome completionist, <laughs> they can check this out. Although every time, like in the second half, when he when he's in the in the gang, and there every time they complete a job, you know, D Company stamp on the screen. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> and you know. Uh, for people who know, D Company was Dawood Ibrahim's yep. gang. And I was thinking to myself, why did he appropriate Dawood Ibrahim's name? He should have come up with his own name. Well, and there, and there was a film called D Company after this. 
I yes. Think. Yeah. Yes. He, and he was in it, you too, but it, it had nothing to do with Asirudha. And uh, at the end of this movie, when Asirudha's character hands over the reins of the company to Makbul Salman, I think we were supposed to get a second part where Makbul Salman is the lead. Obviously, this movie wasn't worth uh, the paper was printed on, so they didn't make a sequel. <laughs> Third. Oh, and this movie was, I forgot to mention this, this movie was incredibly anti-Semitic, which came out of nowhere, because Indian culture and Indian movies don't have the context of anti-Semitism that, you know, that is maybe known in the West and in the Middle East. Jewish people, are, they don't have as much of a presence in Indian life, but also Jewish people were famously well-received by and had a good status. They weren't persecuted in, in the subcontinent. So for no reason, this movie, villains are extremely comically Jewish. They talk about going back to Israel. And then they're doing cocaine. The girl has, and the guys have curly hair, but... In a way that's normal for most Malayalis, we have very typically curly hair. But it seems in this movie their curly hair is kind of supposed to indicate their Jewishness. I'm glad you mentioned it because I, again, so much about this film is forgettable. And yet that is something you should not forget. Because yeah, I was staring at the screen going, what is this? I don't even know where this is coming from because it's not part of, you. there's a lot of things that is part of, Malayali culture, it's casteism, colorism, all sorts of prejudices, misogyny, but anti-Jewish prejudice is not one of them. In fact, in any movies that we usually we see Jewish people come up, they're often, you know, think of them as how Native Americans are treated in a type of Hollywood movie. You know, they're considered noble, they're considered in the past, you know, they're not considered people who are part of present-day Kerala because a lot of people have gone to Israel since the founding of Israel. So the fact that they have this old man played by Vijay Raghavan with like this yellowing teeth and extremely shabby looking beard, it's like he, he took a Disney villain, you know, a lot of Disney villains supposedly are anti-Semitic stereotypes and put this into a Malayalam movie. And I, it, I was completely thrown by where it came from. It was very jarring and offensive. Yes, absolutely. That goes without saying. So yeah, completionists only, with with lots of warnings about this film. Yeah. yeah. So that brings us to the last film we're going to talk about today. Style. Style, directed by Binu S. I think he, uh, those credits said Binu S, so you could say. Binu S. S, thank you. Okay, I'm going to try the summary. So we have Unimakundan plays Tom. He's an automobile garage mechanic. He falls in love with a a woman named Dia. Sort of typical action masala film. Follows her everywhere. And there's this sort of series of meetings where he's waiting for a bus, but he knows she drives by. And on one of these moments where he's waiting for a bus, she's distracted and she hits the Ford Mustang of... Edgar? Edgar, played by Tofino Thomas. Edgar is our villain, and he is not happy at having his beloved Ford Mustang rear-ended, and he goes up to her car and smacks her windscreen, and it dissolves into a bazillion pieces. Tom sees this, comes running, beats Edgar up, and throws him through the windscreen of his beloved Mustang. 
and get that gives us the the tension between hero and our villain and from that summary you guys can figure out that this movie is very low stakes and a lot of fun of this set this was the most fun for me with the caveat that Unimogavan has been accused of sexual assault. So, you know, how you feel ill about him might depend on how comfortable you feel with that. I do believe the woman who has made the accusations at the same time. I will say that I have found him to be a pleasant enough presence in the Malayam cinema I have seen him in. And in this movie, he does a commendable job playing the fun masala hero. The movie spends a lot of time objectifying him. Yeah, and if there is anyone who seems to be the most natural in this action space, it's him. I haven't seen him in a lot of films, but this is a space that he seems to occupy really well and really naturally. And he's got the physicality for it. I really think he was trying to do something like creating a new generation Suresh Gobi career. I, I do think there was specific, you know, references that people were making at the time that he was coming up, that he could do something like that. He's called Masalalian in Vikramadityan, and he's called Masalalian in this movie. And there's a random creep who keeps feeling up his biceps and his thighs and his abs on the bus, kind of treating him like a woman. There's a lot of this movie that's been objectifying him. And actually, the fact that he keeps following this girl they actually flip it around because she's been kind of following him and taking pictures of him too. And she was hoping he would talk to her. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Because for the most part, again, this, I, I, and I keep coming back to how these Masala action films have a certain style. And, you know, they called the film style. Hello, here it is on a platter. And they do some of the exact same tropes that you're going to see in every film we've talked about. But they do some flipping of it, and they do have this aspect of the female gaze, which we don't see a lot of in these action films, at least the ones that you know we've looked at. And I was trying to decide if I was going to feel guilty about enjoying his film because of these accusations. I really hope that's a situation that can be resolved and learned from, because I, I don't necessarily, I'm trying to say it in a way that doesn't sound offensive. I don't necessarily think things like this need to kill a career. I think people need to take a step back from their career and they need to honestly resolve the situation. They honest, they have to honestly own up to their actions, honestly apologize, honestly make change. And I don't know if any, like I, I went after you mentioned it to me because I hadn't heard about it. I went searching and the last I saw was from like two, two years ago where they had stayed the case. So I don't know if there's been any resolution so I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable recommending the film when we're in a space where we don't have any resolution of that situation. I don't know too much about the Indian Penal Code or how the courts work to see if there, there could have been an out-of-court settlement. Would it have been recorded in public records if that were the case? I don't know. For people who don't know, maybe I can explain what the news reports have said was that there was a female scriptwriter who, who went to narrate a story at Melanie Mugendon's flat and he tried to initiate some sort of sexual contact. Maybe I, it isn't clear to me if he forced her to stay there. It doesn't seem like she said that she was raped, but it seems that he made a move in a professional context that was not appropriate. And we come back to talking about why, why are these meetings happening in flats? 
Why aren't they happening in our offices? Why are they happening in hotel rooms? These are the things that we have talked about from the Me Too movement. It's completely inappropriate. Yeah. And yet women who want to make it in the industry have to go to hotel rooms and flats where they probably feel unsafe, I as a woman would, and have to spend time with men they don't know very well. That's completely unfair and it shouldn't be the standard. Absolutely. And I think that's part of what I'm trying to say here. There has to be responsibility and accountability and things have to change. Yeah. Some people's actions are so egregious that for me, if their careers, I hate to use the word canceled, but if their careers are not stopped, my choice is I'm not engaging with your content. You know, we have another hashtag problematic actor that neither of us will watch. So what I'm doing here is sitting on a fence with respect to Anmil Kundin and his career. Yeah. But the bottom line is he is going to have to be held responsible for his actions. And as an industry, but every time we say this should be the wake up call to change how things are done and change how women get to be in this space. And we talk about it for a little bit and then it doesn't happen. And the sad thing is, you know what it's going to happen is that actors are not going to listen to stories from female writers rather than saying, hey, maybe I should just take this meeting in an office with other people present who can vouch for what happened. Yeah, I guess for you and I, that seems really obvious. Exactly. Because most human beings work in an office. Yes, now we all work from home. But it doesn't mean that if I needed to take a meeting, I wouldn't do it over Zoom. And I wouldn't do it at an office if need be. There is something about, you know, narrating a script that's very personal, that they have to act out some of these characters. And maybe that's not great over Zoom. That's fine. But then you do it in an office. You do it in a space where other people can vouch for what you are doing. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if Wendy Mugadan has the power to change that, but certainly he, he should do better next time. Well, yeah. And again, if we had seen some kind of accountability rather than just filing a countersuit, because that, that is one of the things that happened. And then it just sort of, as far as I can see with, I mean, I don't read Malayalam, so maybe there are news articles since you know, 2019, but it does seem to be a case that kind of flared up and disappeared into a void, and that has to stop too. Yeah. Boy, we dumped all over his film. No, I mean, I enjoyed this film, and, uh, you know, this was a time when Tavina Thomas hadn't quite become the star he is today. So, Unimogadan was actually probably the bigger name in this movie. I think they're both around the same age, came into the industry around the same time. But I think Unimog then had the benefit of having Mamudi as, as a supporter of his. And so he got to be the hero in this. Tavina Thomas gets to be an extremely hammy uh, <laughs> villain who is obsessed with his muscle car. And, and the stakes are very low, as I said. Yeah. And every time he lights up a cigar, there's like the cigar and the smoke and he blows out the smoke. Style, baby, style. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then I kept flashing back to Asiravita going, this is what they were trying to do in Asiravita. But they, they didn't have the tongue-in-cheekness of this movie. This movie is very self-aware about what it is doing. And I think that always makes a difference. Part of postmodernism, as cultures move into that postmodern art period, self-awareness is a huge aspect of it. Otherwise, it feels insincere to us as the audience. Asuravita does exactly the same things, the exact same kind of tropes and beats, 
and it really doesn't work there. And in, in style, it works perfectly. And as you say, it's because they have kind of a tongue-in-cheek self-awareness about what they're doing and putting it out there. But they're also turning the tropes a little bit. Yeah, in the movie, at the beginning, when Uni Magdalene's character, Tom, is talking about Dia, he says, she looks like a heroine from a Telangu movie, which makes sense, because she's North Indian. She's so, so pale. And obviously, all the Telangu heroines are North Indians who are so, so pale and don't look anything like... I mean, you know, South Indians don't look at her and go, hey, that's one of us. Not that there aren't South Indians that are extremely pale. It's not an aesthetic that is as common in Kerala. The fact that they make that reference, obviously they're saying, yeah, yeah, I know we brought in a Bombay model to do this and we are aware of what we're doing. Her dubbing is terrible. Um, (laughs) She's just moving her mouth. Obviously somebody else has dubbed for her. And the other (laughs) tongue-in-cheek thing is uh, he's Tom and his little brother is Jerry. Jerry. (laughs) And it, it would be corny if I knew they weren't trying to be corny well and there are films where characters are called that and you roll your eyes and you go oh my god and i mean i rolled my eyes here but i laughed legitimately i thought it was, this is so funny and the brother is like he says it's oh he says it's a seven years or something different oh 15 years Fif- says, oh 15 years and unimog then keeps reminding him that he was a mistake his parents made while he went on vacation to his uncles so he shouldn't really you know be as full of himself the little kid as as he is he's a really little kid and um he kind of uses his his little brother to get with the uh, Well, but he also allows his little brother to take his own revenge because because near the end, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Why do I keep zapping on Tavino Thomas's character's name? Edgar. Edgar. Because it's a name that nobody has. I mean, I actually do know people who have it, but they're usually Hispanic. And it's a much more common Hispanic name in America and Canada, I assume. But Edgar at one point beats Jerry with a rod. So... You know, near the end, his brother, Jerry, gets the rod and whaps Tavino Thomas with it. The little brother gets to deliver a beating as well. Whatever you want to think about that morally. Anyway, he gets his own revenge. It's an action movie. We have to accept that people are beating each other up as part of... Otherwise, uh, why are we here? Yeah. In the moral universe of action movies, (laughs) we think people settling conflict by beating each other up is fine. (laughs) Violence solves nothing. Stop violence. Except in action movies. (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting for me to see Tavino Thomas and and remember that period where Onimokun was the bigger thing. One of the criticisms that Onimokun used to face was that he's not a very good actor. And probably Tavino Thomas got the benefit of being considered a better actor. To be honest, when I see Noni Mogadman in some of the movies I like of him, and I actually don't mind him in these kind of roles where he plays like this hemming and hawing muscled guy who everybody keeps complimenting on his handsomeness or like his muscles. He does the same thing in Vikramaditya and he kind of does the same thing in a movie I really, really liked. It is called Urimurai Vandapartaya. He plays this guy who is haunted by a ghost. <laughs> he kind of plays this like hemming and hawing, shy, handsome guy. He does a pretty good job. I don't think he has much range. No, but then that comes down to a similar to what we were talking about, Asifali. Like you have a zone, you have a lane, and you can be good in that lane, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I hope he can 
make amends and not be sort of hashtag slightly problematic and we can wholeheartedly enjoy what he does. I hope that happens and I hope there are more films like Style in there because it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so that what the thing I was going to say is that if he's going to go in the lane of Suresh Gobi of sorts, Suresh Gobi had prior to becoming an action hero proved himself as an actor and, you know, since he's proved himself as an actor, Suresh Gobi is a good actor all around, even though what we know of him is those policeman roles. So I don't know, I think uh, Unimogadun's career is really taking off, partly because I'm sure of these allegations and partly because I think Malayan Salman doesn't quite know what to do with him. He's played bit roles in Dango films and in Tamil films, and they seem to be able to use him. So I hope, you know, maybe in those industries, maybe he gets a chance to prove that, you know, he's, he's growing as an actor at some point. But bottom line, style is actually kind of fun. Style is fun. Yeah, style has style. <laughs> We've spent sort of three episodes spanning, you know, the, the two big stars, Mamudi and Mohanlal, and their space in this action film. And we looked at people like Jayan and Suresh Gopi, and now we've had a look at this younger generation. I'm wondering if we have any sort of final thoughts about how what we've seen over three episodes. You know, for actors for whom action is just part of their bigger repertoire, like Mamudi and Mohanlal, you know, we've seen Mohanlal do some fun action movies, but to be honest, we came away thinking that Iribadan Mutanda was much more of a gangster film than it was an action movie. And that a lot of the things that pushed that movie forward were in the dialogue. Those movies don't necessarily stick out in their filmography. They're not the ones that people tend to be drawn to when they talk about these actors. But for people like Jayan and Suresh Gobi and Unni Mugandan and Prithviraj, actually, we can say that he is a much stronger action star than he is in many of the other genres he's done. He tends to play these brooding cops a lot. And those films are probably where they're most comfortable in, that they're the ones that we think of the most. And for Malayalam movies, action movies are still a pretty pretty small genre and we don't have a very strong action choreography industry in India. And I, I really want that to change. Thanks for listening to the Poland and Empathy podcast. If you like what you're hearing, remember to come back for our next episode and share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to connect with us, you can email us at polandidapati at gmail.com or reach out to us on our Twitter feed at polandidapati. See you next time.